What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Happy hump day, folks. What's going on? Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. Yeah. We have got the trustometer today. No more trade talk because trade deadlines have mostly passed, but we'll still look ahead rest of season players. How much do we trust Christian McCaffrey, Deshaun Watson, Damian Pierce? A good one. Marquise Brown and Rondell Moore. These are all listener suggestions. So uh, we'll talk about those situations and how much trust we have in those players. We'll also look ahead to 2023 and give you some ideas to change the scoring in your fantasy league. Some fun ideas to make uh, fantasy a little bit more interesting. Oh, good morning, Heath Cummings. How are we today? Fantastic, Adam. I see that we have a uh, Twitter poll right at the start of the show. I'm mm-hmm. always excited about your Twitter polls and and um, and what they bring out into the show. Yeah, I got to tell you, I had a, a little bit of a revelation this morning, and I don't like admitting this. I'm really seeing the wisdom in the C results option. And I yeah. almost put it in the poll. I almost did, but, I, <laughs> but I'm not quite ready to admit defeat yet. So it's, it wasn't okay. there. What is that wisdom exactly? Well, because there are some people following me that have no opinion on the poll question, and they should have the opportunity to see the results without voting for the poll, voting in the poll. Which, And if they do vote in the poll just to see the results, then it skews the results. So... Right, Heath, is that how you'd sum up That's, the wisdom? That was almost that was almost perfect, yes. <laughs> okay. Heath, how often is C results more than ten percent of the final vote? Um I don't know that. I, I guess the better question is how often is C results bigger than the difference between the two options? Okay. Because yeah. I'm just wondering, like, if C results is less than ten percent of the people who actually click on the damn thing, then I don't think the results are really gonna change that much. 
But how often do I run polls or and people say, thank you for the C results option or Adam runs polls and people say, where is the C results option? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I never really get that. Guys, some people troll me with it. All right. Anyway, let's go to the poll. This is the moderately bold statement to start the show. Tell me, agree or disagree? Travis Kelsey is the number one pick in 2023. Oh, wow. The results are surprising to me. Uh, yeah, it, it, I, yeah I mean, the, he should, he would be if Father Time was not undefeated. Uh, Maybe yeah. he'll be the one to defeat Father Time. Uh, I don't believe that, no. Like, <laughs> if he was 27 or 28, 100% he should be. It's not showing any signs of slowing down. He'll be, right. what, 35? So, I don't know if that's the argument. He'll be 34. Uh, he just turned 33 like a little while ago, so he'll be 33, like He's without a doubt 34. the most valuable player in fantasy this season. So you, so who is, like, right now, if you're looking at the screen, if you're looking at youtube.com slash fantasy football today, uh, how many votes? Uh, uh, 344 votes, 75% disagree. The, the question is, uh, or the statement is, agree or disagree? In PPR leagues, Travis Kelsey is the number one pick in 2023, and I would have hit agree, but disagree is at 75%. Also want to point out that this is um, Thomas Schaefer's Twitter that we're looking at, and... Uh, Hashtag sex is trending for him, so that's a little bit weird. But uh, that—that just—I'm just reading the screen. So who, if not Travis Kelsey, who's number one right now? It's a great question, Justin Jefferson. At Jefferson, you can make the case for. You can make the case for Eckler. He'll be 28. There's <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's any way a 28 year old running back's going to ever win. I know. I still think he can squeeze out at least one more very good year. Uh, one of these other younger running backs we might be able to make the case for. Are we sure we're definitely not going to take Taylor at number one overall next year? Not ready to say that that won't happen. Let's do this. This is fun. Who are the running backs who are under 25 for this season? That means they won't turn 25 at any point during this season. Yeah. Who are in the top 12 currently? (laughs) Oh, I don't know if there are that many. Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is the... And we don't know what team he's even going to play on. Is Mixon? What hell is Mixon? Mixon is 26. Taylor is oh, probably be. not in the top 12 right now. You're oh, going no. on points per game? Just he, points. No, overall points, and hell no, he won't be up in there. Uh, I have no idea. I, I'm going to say just Josh Jacobs. Ramondre. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Taylor wouldn't be if we were going points per game. If we were going points per game as well, um, you would add Brees Hall, Brees Hall. But nobody's going to take him number one coming off an ACL. No chance. Um, Same with so, yeah, Hollard in there? Pollard, this is his age 25 season, and mm-hmm. we don't know what team he's going to be playing on next year. Yeah, it's a tough call. You know, Eckler is 27, and he and he and Derrick Henry are both top five running backs right now, and they are, I mean, trying to become the first running backs at this age. Are they 27 or 28? Henry's Henry 28. Yeah, they're trying to become the first running backs at this age to finish top five in like six years. So Eckler's already, and Henry, are already going to defy time a little bit. And Eckler's not, like, he, I know he's old-ish for a running back, but he doesn't get that many carries. So perhaps that preserves him a little bit. It's not like he's getting mm-hmm. pounded every week. And this is now his second straight year in full PPR, averaging more than 21 it, PPR points per game. I wish we could have one of those charts um, that show, like, they have them for the all-time NBA leading scorer, and it shows who's first, and then over the years, this person comes up and overtakes them. I'd like to have one of those charts for this year of who would be the 2023 number one pick throughout this season. 
hmm. because it was definitely Jonathan Taylor at one point. I would say it was absolutely Saquon Barkley at one no, point. No, I never. Who is who is well, saying that? Barkley number one overall. Was he, was 20, he was twenty five and he was the number one running back in fantasy. I I don't know. I never. I don't. I, I never really felt that momentum that he was the number one overall pick for twenty twenty three because he's not he's not quite young enough either. I think you want someone going into their sec their third year or something well, like that. Ideally, we've not had when was it? Taylor. Yeah. You want someone like Taylor? There is not someone like Taylor. I don't think there. There is, almost except, was with Hall. Yeah, Hall could have been that guy. And like if one of the other rookie running backs managed to play better, like if, if Damian Pierce hadn't have smashed himself into a wall or if Kevin Walker wasn't, you know, struggling so badly and having a poor rushing average, then maybe one of those guys could get into the conversation. Here are the two things that people look for. There are two trains of thought with the number one pick. Number one, that somebody wants somebody who's a running back that's going to be dominant and put up 25 fantasy points per game. We've already made clear there isn't that guy. The other train of thought with the number one pick is the safest like bust proof player, regardless of position, that's Justin Jefferson. If Isn't I had to make Kelsey? rankings for 2023 right now, that dude would be number one. All right. Well, you know, it could also be Cup. That was another guy he said at one point for a while. It was just, okay, the Cooper Cup should have been the number one pick. He'll and, be a first yep, round pick. Yeah. He'll be right back in there. Yeah. And he'll be 30 next year, right? Yeah. Yeah. But we we don't, do, do you ding him that much for that? He's a receiver. Mm-hmm. I- <laughs> Let's, let's see what his health is like throughout the offseason. If he's coming back from a high ankle sprain, then I'll be okay with it. It's not It's oh, not an man. ACL. Look at this. You guys agree with this? How about this comment from Zach? Adam is by far the worst Giants fan ever. <laughs> he shows no love. Is sent, I think that's especially with what they've done this season against all. Come on. Well, you know you know why. Why? Because like, I've even stopped with my teasing you about being a homer. Because Dan Schneier came on board and showed us <laughs> what a homer really is. Like he he is outshining you as a Giants fan in, in so, so many different ways. And now you do look like someone who just doesn't really care that much. I'm not you're a like Dave. You're like He's Dave with the Bears now. No, I love them. I just they're not that good. Yeah. I I've known they're not that good. For I you know people don't want to accept it. They've, got, I, they've I, lost three of their last four. This is a good thing to talk about because I'm updating my dynasty quarterback rankings today. And like I, I made a comment last week about how Dan seems really certain that Daniel Jones should be their quarterback next year. But all Giants fans see like I, I made a comment that Saquon Barkley could get franchise tagged, mm-hmm. and they said, "Well, so does that mean they're giving Daniel Jones a contract extension?" Yeah. So why, first of all, Schneier, why does Daniel Jones have to be the quarterback for the team next year? He, Schneier does not like Daniel Jones. Uh, he just thinks that the best solution—they're not going to have a right. high draft pick. The best but solution. No, I'm talking about uh, Giants fans in general. I made the Schneier joke. I'm not oh. talking about him now. I'm just talking about like it seems like the assumption is Daniel Jones gets to be a starting quarterback again next I, year. I, I think can't we, imagine why. I think we all thought that they would have a very high pick. And it's not happening. Dave's losing interest, so we can get back on track here. Well, there no, there's been plenty of times when Dave's been talking, and I just sat here and listened. It's true, Dave. You know what? I'm gonna take Dave out of the like. Uh, get him. I think I might remove him. No, I won't do that. No, I uh, just from a dynasty standpoint, I actually think there's a little bit of potential if they get a good receiver and stick with him. But um, anyway, let's go. Uh, let me tell you about the last day for you to get a 30 percent discount on a site-wide sale at store.cbsports.com. Use the promo code Cy. Receive 30% off your entire purchase from the CBS Sports Store with the code CYBER at checkout. Promotion starts on November 28th, 2022 at 12 a.m. Eastern. 
and ends on November 30th, 2022 at 11.59 p.m. Pacific time. All orders must be from the CBS Sports Store and added to the cart from the URL beginning with https colon slash slash store dot cbsports.com slash promo code must be entered at checkout in order to be applied promo codes will, be, will not be added automatically promo codes cannot be applied retrospectively by you or our customer service team promo codes are not valid for online gift card purchases promo code cannot be used with sale or charitable items uh, so basically i said a lot of stuff there the point is go to store.cbsports.com and use the code cyber for a 30 percent sale site-wide off your entire purchase it's awesome this is the time to do it let's go all right uh and injuries news and where the hell dave dave come back what happened i think he had to actually step off for a second all right uh news and notes any running back updates heath like (laughs) trying to find you know a Najee harris michael carter i see the jets signed jonathan ward to the practice squad so maybe they're anticipating carter being out but any updates on the waiver wire situation? I have seen none. I, okay. Those two in particular. And um, I wrote about this yesterday. Like it has the potential to be the biggest disaster um, of yeah. a, a running back waiver wire week that I can ever remember. Um, because it's like not even, it's not even just that Zonovan Knight or Benny Snell could get supplanted by the guy who was the starter. It's that, there are other guys who we don't even know if the starter's out, if we know for sure who the starter will be. So I'm not putting much fab on those guys, but if you had to have a running back, you have to take a shot because they do have top 24 upside if the situation falls in their lap. I saw some crazy fab bids for Zonovan Knight. Crazy, like 35 to 45% of original fab. Um, is that really that crazy? This, I know. think that's a lot for a guy that's not guaranteed to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what would you say? Only, a multi-week yeah. starter in fantasy. The, the only like argument is at this point in the season, right? You, if you don't spend your fab, you may never use it. I'll tell you. Let's see. In our podcast league, Benny Snell went for sixteen dollars. We started with a hundred dollar budget. Zonovan Knight went for five. Wow, that's a good good get there. Wow. Yeah. And in our 10-team podcast league, uh, oh, we got Najoku for a dollar, Heath. Oh, we got Zonovan Knight for one dollar. People were, this is a 10-team league, so Benny Snell went for zero dollars. It's amazing. Wow. All right, so that's a difference between 14 people still paying attention in that league? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty competitive right now. Um, Do you only start with 10 fab dollars? You know, people were very aggressive with fab in that league. Fab, you know, just year to year. It's a 10 team league also. Right. Like there's a chance that Benny Snell starts and is not start worthy in that league. Yeah. Oh, great. I got, I got right. Kenny Pickett in a league. How exciting. I'm going to have to start Kenny Pickett this week. Just looking at my, my it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I hope I, so. I'm very optimistic about Kenny Pickett. Uh, all right. Uh, one more injury update, two more injury updates, uh, three more injury updates. Aaron Rodgers expects to play this week. The Chiefs signed defensive tackle, Brandon Williams. They need a little beef up front. And Christian Pulisic expects to play on Saturday. USA! Oh, man, that was awesome. <laughs> Let's go to the Trustometer. Christian McCaffrey is first up on the Trustometer, obviously. Ten. Next. With the knee? I'm starting Christian McCaffrey, 100%. No doubt. Okay, 10. <laughs> eh, it's more of a nine. <laughs> All right, nine's fine. Deshaun Watson. Uh, he has Houston, Cincinnati, Baltimore, the Saints, and the Commanders in his next five games before Pittsburgh in Week 18. 
Not the best schedule on paper, not the worst. What's our trustometer level on Deshaun Watson? For this week, I feel like it's like a five. You shouldn't want to start Deshaun Watson. The excitement of going with Deshaun Watson, knowing what he's done in the past, should be muted because it's Houston. They should be able to run. And he hasn't played in a long time. So you've got to figure that there will be at least a quarter to a half of rust that he has to knock off before he really gets moving. I think he'll be okay, and I think he'll have some very good games as as uh, as, as the season moves on. But I just I, I'm not starting him like as a top ten guy immediately. I'm not ready to do that. Yeah, four. Um, I would start him over Rodgers and Brady. That's our Rodgers over Rodgers, huh? So Rodgers with the Bears, you'd start Watson. I would. All right. Uh, I agree with you on Brady. Yeah, the Bear, the Browns, you know, it was interesting because the Browns are usually bottom five in pass attempts. They're 18th in pass attempts per game this year and still fifth in rush attempts per game, but they give up the third most points in football. Uh, so they, they are don't this week. No, right, right. <laughs> but they are, uh, you know, that's, that's a better situation for Watson, I suppose. They do run the ball a lot, but they're also throwing it a decent amount. And Deshaun Watson has been on a per game basis. In four-point-per-passing touchdown leagues, he has been number four, number four, and number six in his past three seasons, and number six, number six, and number six in six-point per game. Six-point touchdown pass. Yeah, that's his per Anyway, top six. And then in his rookie year, I think he was number one, but that was kind of kind of a crazy season. He didn't play the whole year, right? No, he played seven games, six starts, right. and he threw for 1,700 yards, 19 touchdowns in seven games. is crazy. Uh, all right, next up on the Trust-O-Meter is Marquise Brown slash Rondale Moore. Zero. They're not playing this week. <laughs> this, is a, <laughs> this is a rest of season one. Uh, Marquise Brown, Rondale Moore, trustometer. It's hard to put Rondale Moore on the trustometer until we know that he's back, but that's assuming 100% health for him. Um, I would say a seven, six or seven for Marquise Brown and one number lower for Rondale Moore. I think it's scoring specific. I think they're probably the same number in PPR leagues, and Brown would be one number higher in non-PPR, and I'm in the same range as Heath on these guys. What was it again? What was it? Six or seven. For both of them? Or five or six? Let's call them both sixes in non-PPR. Full PPR. And seven from Rondell in full oh. PPR. Boy, it's so interesting because Marquise Brown was basically their slot receiver last week. He was. That was interesting. And don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to be outside. They've in, they've played 12 games. The most yards for the third best receiver on the team has been 55. Usually Can we count the, Zach Ertz as the third best receiver? Yeah. Okay. I looked at the number three. I looked at the top three receivers just by yards, not by fantasy points, because there are touchdowns obviously involved. But top three receivers in every game, and the most by the top by the number three guy was was uh, what did I say 55. Usually in the 55. 35 range. Um, but as soon as Marquise Brown got hurt, DeAndre Hopkins came back. As soon as Rondale Moore got hurt, Marquise Brown came back. We just have not seen a single game with Hopkins, Brown, and Moore, or even Hopkins, Brown, and Dorch. So um, it will be interesting. Also, Kyler Murray, did you guys realize he is like second to last in the NFL? No, third to last in the NFL in yards per attempt this year. Yikes. 6.1 yards per attempt. I, I just I expect he's going to be better if he has DeAndre Hopkins, Marquise Brown, and Rondale Morrill healthy. 
you would hope. He's still eight, he's 18 about, yards per game. Are you concerned about James Conner taking more work away, or do you think that volume will still not be an issue? Conner had 25 carries against the Chargers, 14 against San Francisco, 21 against the Rams. That was a win. Like if he's if he's going to be in the neighborhood of taking fifteen to twenty carries away, that's well, a lot fifteen of work. to twenty carries for sure. Yeah, but if yeah. they run 65, 70 plays a game like they usually do, you think all right, fifty pass attempts for a game for Kyle? No, forty pass attempts, twenty five rush attempts. Is that where they've been? All year? Is that what they're averaging? And they throw a ton. They've thrown the fourth most pass attempts in the game, per game in the NFL. Kyler's averaging 39 per game. I don't know what their total rush attempts is. I can get it right here. 39 per game is going to be pretty good, you know. That then. And last question here. Any any uh, concerns about Hopkins? How many targets did he have last week? Six. And only, only had four catches. Six. Brown had eight. Yeah. Weird. For the season, 39 and a half pass attempts, 26 and a half rush attempts. That's pretty good. Wait, running back rush attempts or rush attempts? Just total rush right. attempts. Total rush figure attempts. Seven you know of those Kyler are Kyler. Some of those, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, no, any cons- I mean, obviously, Kyler or uh, Hopkins is a must start. I'm not saying sit him or anything, but he's. I think he's wide receiver six per game, something like that. What do you expect sure. him to be going forward? Schedule is 12. Patriots, Broncos, Bucks, Falcons, Niners. <laughs> he just blurts out 12. 12. Well, I was just answering the question. Yeah. He's he's you're starting Hopkins, and I think Brown's going to be a number three receiver. I think Rondale will be a number three receiver in PPR. How often will multiple receivers have double digit targets? That's what I would be worried about. And I'd give the lean toward Hopkins, but he's coming off a game where he was second on the team in targets. And if you lower that standard to eight or more targets for two receivers, then you're talking probably more like most games. I think nine sure. out of twelve or something like that. Right. And so here's the thing. You, you'll think, all right, someone will get squeezed and you won't think it's Hopkins. And that's why you, there's going to be trust issues with the other receivers there. Would you rather have Marquise Brown or Michael Pittman? I think I feel better with Pittman. Yeah. Garrett Wilson or Marquise Brown? Oh, Wilson. Yeah, Wilson. Oh, as okay. long as Zach Wilson stays far, far away, go away, play baseball, play tennis. All right, so we'll see what kind of fit Marquise Brown, Rondell Moore, DeAndre Hopkins are for the Cardinals offense. They're not going to be as good of a fit as, ready for this, your Indochino suit. What a segue. Mm. Yeah, finding the perfect suit is impossible, but finding a suit that's perfect for you is simple. Thanks to Indochino, and I can tell you firsthand, it's awesome. Go to the website, go to Indochino.com. They also have a lot of stores. If you want to walk into a store, you can just look online and see if there's a store near you. But if you go to Indochino.com, that's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O, you're just going to be lost in how many awesome things there are to buy and suits to design. So you design all your suits, you put your measurements in, you pick every detail of it, uh, the fabric and the, you know, the the style, the pleats, the buttons, the monogram, anything you want. You customize it to whatever you want it to look like, and it's going to fit you just absolutely beautifully. And are you going to spend a little money? Well, not for something like this. Uh, Their made-for-you suits start at just $449. Premium fitted shirts are starting at just $89. $449, I'm not saying it's, it's nothing, but it is really worth it for what you're getting. Plus, we're going to give you a discount 
which I'll tell you about in a minute. And if you don't get an Indochino suit, if you don't get a, a suit that's that's fitted perfectly for you, you're going to have to spend some money at the tailor. So just pay up the $449, or that's what it starts at, for their premium suits, or, and their fitted shirts start at just $89. Now, you want to get a little bit of money off? No problem. 50 buck discount. To get $50 off your purchase of any purchase of $399 or more, use the promo code FFT at Indochino.com. That is promo code FFT, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. Get $50 off any purchase of $3.99 or more with the promo code FFT. Back to the Trustometer. These are all from our listeners, by the way. How about Christian Watson? In his last three games, he has 265 yards on 10 catches. He has the sixth most receiving yards in the NFL in that span. He's second in yards per catch behind Darius Slayton, I believe. Um, <clears throat> what is your you're, trust level? You're for- bearing the lead. What? He has six touchdowns. Yeah, and six touchdowns. And yeah, oh, four end zone yeah, targets. Yeah, by the way. Uh, what is your... Uh, what, do you think I, maybe I was going to get there, you know? Your uh, trustometer on Christian Watson. I, I think I'm going to give him a seven. And the reason why I'm going to give him a seven on the trustometer is because he's got some of the highest upside of anybody in football right now because of his ability to catch a deep ball for a touchdown or take a short play uh, to the end zone. He, he's also seen targets inside the 10. He's playing a ton of snaps. He's in an offense that, for the most part, maybe not necessarily this week, but for the most part, will be in competitive games or playing from behind, so the ball will be in the air. For now, he's got a great quarterback, good enough quarterback. Uh, I, I guess he's not quite the same guy. Aaron Rodgers isn't quite the same guy, but... I think when you look at him and you can use him as a flex, I think it's a slam dunk. As a number two receiver, might take a little bit more guts. But you think about a lot of the other receivers that are on the low end number two, high end number three range that are getting you 12, 13 PPR points per week. You can make the case that Sutton's got, or that Wilson, rather, Watson, (laughs) rather. I I was thinking of Sutton. Sutton is that 12 to 13 PPR receiver. Uh, There's a case that Watson has more upside and that he should be started. I'm going to do the thing that I do and say that I don't think receivers like Christian Watson have anything to do with trust. Um, it's the Gabe Davis scenario. You can't sit him right now. The upside's too high. You should recognize the floor is tiny. Like he's getting six targets a game when they're throwing 30 passes. They're playing this week. They might throw 25 passes against the Bears or against the Rams next week. And there's a chance that he gives you five fantasy points, like Gabe Davis has done multiple times this season. I think but if we, the, oh, sorry, the sorry. ceiling's too high. I think if we further examine though the targets, you know, I guess I didn't quite realize his target share in his last three games, Christian Watson, it's forty-two percent, sixteen percent, which is bad, and twenty-four percent. So that's two good target share games and one bad one. And in two of the three games, I didn't realize just how few pass attempts they had attempted. It was twenty in one game and twenty-five. In the other, that's a little unusual. Rodgers is usually throwing more than 30 times per game. Uh, he threw 39. The, the concerning one would have been the the Titans game, right? He threw 39 passes, and only six of them went to Watson. But in the other two games, Dallas and Philadelphia, he actually had a very good target share. So I am hoping that if the pass attempts are above 30, you could be looking at consistently about eight targets from Watson. Um, and he's got so much potential to break a big play. He's done it. Yards after the catch, he's done it by just beating guys deep downfield. Got the four end zone targets in the three games. Um, so but, just want to bring that but up. But you do recognize the, how low the floor is. Yeah. 
Of course. I think so. I mean, does he get more <clears throat> targets than Gabe Davis? Gabe Davis, we're going to talk about soon when we preview the game, has one game all year with more than seven targets. Um, is that kind of where you see Watson living at, or do you think— 100%. He, okay. Okay. Um, next up is Alvin Kamara on the Trustometer. Zero to ten for Kamara. Oh, by the way, funny stat, because you compared him to, to Cortland Sutton uh, in that 12 to 13 PPR range. Russell yep. Wilson has thrown eight touchdowns this year. Christian Watson has six in his last three games. <laughs> uh, where are we on Alvin Kamara? Alvin Kamara, zero to ten, Dave, on the Trustometer. I think he's at the same number as Watson. I think he's at a seven. He's not a guaranteed must-start running back anymore. He's had three straight rough games. Now he's going into a matchup against Tampa Bay. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm noticing that he's playing worse as the offensive line for New Orleans gets worse. Oh, And so when yeah. that offensive line gets better, I'll feel a little more confident in starting Alvin Kamara. A lot of people don't have the choice to sit Kamara because they know what his upside is. But we're we're seeing his floor pretty regularly here in November. Uh, real quick, Heath, Dave, I never brought this up. His hmm. struggles started the second Eric McCoy got hurt. Mm-hmm. Their starting center. It was yep. four games ago. He played thirty five percent of the snaps. Got hurt against the Ravens. This is a I, I want to say Pro Bowl for sure. I'm not sure if he was an All Pro at some point, but a very good center. And Eric McCoy, the second he got hurt. The struggle started. There's more to it than that. I'll get into some of my thoughts, but Heath, your your trustometer level on Camara. Yeah, I mean, it's probably a four this week at Tampa Bay. Um, and then he does then he has a bye. Then he gets the Falcons, Browns, and Eagles. If they come out of the bye a little bit healthier, then I could see him being in that seven to eight range as a high end number two running back again. This week he is I th- he's ranked in my top twenty four running backs, but it's him and Damian Pierce both. I'm just actively searching for running backs who are not top 24 that I could rank over them because Mm -hmm. I don't want to start those guys. Yeah. How about this? 12, 11, 16, 13. Those are not his fantasy points in his past four games. Those are his touches in his past four games. And that seems low for Kamara. His his 67% snap rate last week was his lowest since week one. And he left week one with an injury. And what happened last week? Mark Ingram came back. So his oh man, it, but well, and he fumbled twice. He did fumble twice. Um, but he 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 usually plays about 72, 73 percent of the snaps when Ingram plays. So it was down a little bit, not huge. But we have seen that. We saw that last year where his lowest snap shares were with Mark Ingram. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention was like you look at Kamara in the last four games: nine point two, seven point five, twelve point nine, seven point zero. PPR fantasy points. The four games before that, they were all with Andy Dalton, and he killed it. He scored 17.5 or more in every game. Um, he scored 23.4 in one game. He scored almost 43 points against the Raiders. So what has changed? Their offense has gone in the tank. They, they're not scoring nearly enough points. And how about this? In those first four games with Dalton, they were over 70. They were averaging over 70 plays per game. Let me see. Or no, 69.7 plays per game. In their last four games, 51 plays per game. Well, also, those first four games were against Seattle's defense back when they weren't very good. I think, were the, did the Bengals have DJ no. Reader for that game? No. Did not have DJ Reader for that game. Against the Cardinals, who are awful. Against the Raiders, who are awful. The yeah. last four games have been against Baltimore, Pittsburgh, the Rams, and the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all factors, yep. Yep. 
Okay. Uh, so you, I think you could be a lot more hopeful after the bye, uh, which is week 14, week 15, Atlanta. Just hope, then just hope you're playing after the bye. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's right. That's right. So if you're, if you can still trade Camara, it would be a buy low. With, All right, last with the eye on uh, on what would it be? Week fifteen. Week fifteen against the Falcons. Yeah. Playoff savior Alvin Kamara. Okay, last one here is the rookie running backs: uh, Rashad White, Brian Robinson, Damian Pierce, Ken Walker. Who are you most confident in? Rashad White, Brian Robinson, Damian Pierce, Ken Walker. Walker. Yep. Not even a second thought. White would be very close to him if for as long as Fournette's out. I mean, you could easily argue that he'd be number be one, right? If if Fournette is out, because he had nine catches. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Um, yeah, Walker uh, starting to, you know, he has. I, I don't remember where I brought this up. I think on beyond the box score, Ken Walker, every running back with eighty or more carries, he has the second highest rate of carries for zero or negative yards. Mm-hmm. Um. Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson's coming off this great game against the Falcons. Let's not forget, two weeks ago, he faced the Texans. He had 15 carries for 57 yards, and he had no targets. So what's your trustometer on Brian Robinson? His next two games are against the Giants with a bye in there as well. It's like a six. Another running back that I'd like to find somebody to start over him. But if I don't have anybody, I'm okay going with Robinson. He's gotten a good workload. You can be a little more optimistic about him after the efficiency spike last week. Giants' run defense isn't dominant. No, it isn't. Commanders want to run the football. Yeah, I'd start Robinson over Pierce. And let's talk about Pierce then, because uh, obviously, you know, it's only clouded, I think, by the Cleveland matchup. If he had a bad matchup this week, it'd be so easy to run away from him. Um, Mm -hmm. The last two games, he has 15 carries for 16 yards, and he has five catches for 17 yards, but faced two defenses that have done very well against running backs, Washington and Miami. Now he gets the Browns. So, um, you know, Heath, I I think you're probably trying to stay away based on everything I've heard. You're trying to stay away from him anyway, Damian Pierce, but let's talk about him this week against the Browns. He's a four or so. He's a high-end flex still just because it's hard to – discredit everything he did before the last two weeks. It's just the last two weeks have been so miserable, and they've talked about how opposing defenses are just daring them to pass. They have decided, we are not going to let Damian Pierce beat us. We bet your quarterback can't either, and they've been proven correct. Um, but it is a good matchup, and the, and the Browns could, like it, with Pierce and with the Browns, it could be one bad run fit from the Browns, and Damian Pierce houses it, and it was a good day. Dave? I'm nervous about starting Pierce because of how he's played. But there, there is a scenario that could play out where he is the main back and there is no Rex Burkhead. Daria Gumbawale, who's, who kind of stole a short yardage touchdown last week from Pierce, um, ends up playing in the passing downs role. I don't think they want Ogumbawale to take much work away from Pierce. I'm a little encouraged and I think the Texans might view this game as their pseudo Super Bowl. They they're getting their former quarterback back. Everybody in Houston's going to be paying attention. They're buzzing about it. My dad, who doesn't pay attention to football as much as most people do, first thing out of his mouth was yesterday when I talked to him on the phone, "How bad is Deshaun Watson going to kill the Texans this week?" And so mm-hmm. I told him what I thought was going to happen, which is like two twenty five and two. And he goes, "Don't be surprised if the Texans step up to take him down." Like he just. I don't know where he was, his mind was at, but he's hearing about it, and he stays home all day in Galveston. 
So I think the Texans' defense will be motivated, and I think the offense will be too. It would not surprise me if Damian Pierce was a number two running back this week. Before we take a break and talk about the Patriots and the Bills on Thursday, are there any other players that you are losing trust in, gaining trust in, that you want to talk about? Open-ended question there, sorry. There are. Yeah, there's a lot for me. I, I think that whole... I think he's when you talked about Garrett Wilson being a number the wide receiver twenty or top twenty guy. I just think there's so many wide receivers in that range that I have trouble trusting on a week to week basis, mostly because they're playing with bad quarterbacks. And it's Wilson, it's Olave, it's Pittman, it's guys like that. And I, I think you know it's hard to have enough wide receivers where you can sit them. But yeah, uh, I mean two two guys that come to mind that have gained trust over the last couple of weeks are David Montgomery and Chris Godwin. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Godwin for sure. Those are great calls. Why Montgomery? God- I mean, yeah, why Montgomery? Um, because he's getting the touches, and he just ran fantastically against the Jets, and now he's facing the Packers and the Eagles, who haven't been any good against the run. Last time he played the Packers, he had 136 yards on 17 touches. And that was back when he was sharing with Khalil Herbert. Right. Herbert being out has been yeah, great sure. for Montgomery. Right. No, yeah, what happens if and when Herbert comes back? That's It's so easy yeah, to trust well, Montgomery now, but... What happens if there's another guy there? Obviously, know. it's not going to be a good thing, but that, we'll jump I mean, off that bridge when we get to He only played it. 68% of the snaps last week. So, like, the way Which he's is playing Which is what right he was now, playing. Honestly, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that's what he was playing with Herbert, too. Yeah, but he was getting... He, he gets almost every carry now. Herbert was getting, you know, what? Probably 8, 10 carries. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Heath. Chris Godwin. Um, Darrington Evans had nine carries last week. Oh, did he? I wonder if they were garbage time. Um, no, they were not. No? No. But two weeks ago, I don't know. I, don't, I feel like I'm right about this, but uh, not, not super confident in that. <laughs> two weeks ago, Tristan Edner had six carries. <laughs> yeah, see? Told you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we can take a break now. Let's get into the Thursday game. We'll come back and take a look at the Bills and the Patriots. Do we have a good defense in this game? It's a, kind of a week-to-week proposition there. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, David, it's time for Thursday Night Football. Nah, 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 nah. Nah. Buffalo is at New England. Stat of the game. Gabe Davis has more than seven targets only once this season. There have been two wide receivers all year who have scored 12 or more PPR fantasy points with seven or fewer targets against the Patriots. And that is an excellent number compared to some other teams that I looked at, including Buffalo. So very hard to do well with seven or fewer targets against the Patriots. Um, Maybe Gabe Davis will have more than that, but that's only happened once. So that's something to keep in mind. We'll get to him as we go along. First question is, Josh Allen is coming off a 34-point game, but he did have a season low in yards per attempt. I think it's fair to say he did not look right. Tony Romo was talking about it throughout the throughout the game. He was not right. He has not been right since the elbow injury. Um, he's practicing in full, so maybe getting better. Any hesitation at all on Josh Allen? Nope. Not even a little. He's my number one quarterback. Okay. Devin Singletary, Ooh. Heath, start or sit? I would rather not start Devin Singletary. Same. He's a, I mean, he's a flex-ish. If he scores a touchdown, he'll be fine. But it's a great, great run defense. All right, how about Damian Pierce or Devin Singletary? As much Pierce. as I dislike Damian Pierce, I've got him higher than Devin Singletary. How about that? Dalvin Cook just ran into this defense on Thanksgiving night. He had nine PPR points. Yeah. They've been outstanding against running backs all year long. The only DST that allows fewer fantasy points per game is San Francisco. Yeah, in their last four games, the Patriots are allowing 2.37 yards per carry to running backs. All right, Mm. so you can sit Singletary. You can try to get away from him. Uh, The Bills wide receivers, I know you're going to start Diggs. Dave McKenzie versus Gabe Davis. Who do you like, and how much do you like him? I have Davis ranked higher, but it's almost by pedigree more than anything else. I am going to make a case for McKenzie as a sleeper in this week's lineup decisions column. I love what I saw from him last week. He had 10 targets. Half of them, he was the first read. And so you might think to yourself, oh, that means that he kind of got a little, you know, fortunate a little bit to get see five extra targets. He found ways to get himself open and make himself available for Josh Allen. And it really worked out. His speed was great. Now, you're playing against the Lions secondary, so of course you're going to look good against those guys. But he was getting open, and Josh Allen was finding him. And I think back to how... I think about how the Patriots' defense is. They're great against the run. That should mean that the Bills are going to need to throw in this game. They're going to need somebody to take some of the pressure off of Stephon Diggs. Is it Gabe Davis, who isn't getting a ton of targets from week to week? Or is it McKenzie, who can get open on crossing routes and and post routes and, and corner routes and find ways to make himself available to Josh Allen like he did last week? I think he can do it again. And he had a, a season high in playing time, season high in targets. I, I'm I'm definitely rostering Isaiah in in a bunch of my leagues. I'm starting him as a flex in leagues where I'm a little thin at wide receiver this week. Hashtag Isaiah is back. Okay, where are we ranking Gabe Davis this week, guys? I yeah, I'm really concerned about the matchup and how good they've been against wide receivers. So this will be a rank him at 25th instead of 24th or 23rd week. <laughs> I've got him even lower than 25th. I think think it's a real mistake to try to predict Gabe Davis. No, I think you just have to call him what he is. And Heath, you've done an amazing job of calling him that since like March. You've been on top of this. So 
following your lead is pretty easy but, to do. But here when he goes bad, I, I, but and that's the point I'm trying to make. When he has a bad game or two bad games, I don't think that's relevant to his next game. Yeah, he always okay. has the upside to be a top ten guy. He always has the downside to be a outside the top fifty guy. Mm-hmm. And the, you know how good are the Patriots against wide receivers? They're sixth best against wide receivers. Uh, they haven't shut down good ones really, though. I mean, you know, they did a good job against Amari Cooper. He had four catches for forty-four yards and a touchdown on twelve targets. They did a great job against Amandre St. Brown, but he barely played. You know, Michael Pittman, who had Sam Ellinger as his quarterback. So most of the good receivers that have faced them have done quite well. And in fact, the Patriots have now allowed 37 completions of 20 plus yards. And I think they, and they allowed 38 all of last season. So they are going to eclipse their, their season total from last year of 20 plus yard completions allowed, not air yards, just completions um, this week. And that's crazy. So, you know, I, I think their defense got very much exposed and has it several times this year when they face good offenses, I'm assuming you guys think the Bills will be able to score, you know, quite a bit this game. I do. Okay. Uh, Starters at Dawson Knox. I would try and get away from him. He's in that range of tight ends who are going to need to score a touchdown. Um, The Patriots, oddly enough, have not been very good against tight ends this year. Mm Mm-mm. Um, he's a he's a borderline top twelve guy. Um, like, I think he's probably a little bit tied to Isaiah McKenzie, and mm-hmm. I don't. There's not going to be very often that he and Isaiah McKenzie are both good in the same week. But I'm not as moved by McKenzie's game last week as Dave is, which is probably why I'm more optimistic on Knox. Can I tell you what I saw two games ago from the Bills? Yeah, a lot of two tight end sets. They. We're playing against Cleveland. They recognized that Cleveland stunk against the run. They ran at Cleveland. This was the game where I think they had 29 carries between Singletary and and James Cook. And so Knox ran a lot of chip routes where he's blocking a guy and then he turns around and Josh Allen flings him a ball. It's also when Josh Allen was first coming up with this elbow injury. I think it was his first game. Remember, like, leading up to the game, we weren't even sure if he was going to play. I think this was the first game. It might have been the second. But... Last week against Detroit, it was a completely different plan. They wanted to throw on Detroit. I think that's the plan that they're going to go with this week, and that means that Knox will still run a decent amount of routes, but Heath's right again. This is somebody that's going to need to score a touchdown in order to be decent for fantasy. Okay, so Najoku over him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, How about... Tyler Conklin over him. All right, I think they're back-to-back for Heath. Gerald Everett or uh, Dawson Knox? Knox. I would go Everett. How about Cole Komet? Without I, I knowing would. who the quarterback's going to be by Thursday. Mm-hmm. I'll still go Komet. Oh, you're not really feeling Dawson Knox. Okay. Uh, Heath, I see you have Tyler Higby ranked ahead of Knox. Just want to point out, he, he you know, Dan made this point last night on the live stream. He barely ran any routes. He ran 11 routes last week with Perkins at quarterback. That's, I've, I've struggled with that because we saw that a month ago. Mm-hmm. Tyler Higby barely ran any routes, and then a week later he had eight targets. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's a so, quarterback thing though, because like they, they just had a different type of offense with uh, Perkins. I, they maybe, did. Maybe, I just yeah. don't like. We've talked about this a lot over the last four or five years with Sean McVay. He is a guy who changes philosophy and roles regularly throughout seasons. Um, guys do this in one game and then do something completely different in the next game. I just 
kind of feel like you have to look at it as more of an average of what they have done, knowing that the upside exists for one and the downside exists for the other. The other thing is that Tyler Higby obviously has one of the the second best matchup for yeah. a tight end. Okay, but what what's his upside though? What's, uh, that what's he gets his, eight more targets. Uh, well, he hasn't scored a touchdown this year. I, I understand, but that does not mean that it's impossible for him to score a touchdown. Uh, yes, that's true. But how many end zone targets? How many red zone targets? And he's already not running routes, much less getting targets. I don't think he. I, just so, to be fair to Heath, I don't think he's making a strong case for Tyler Higby here. But okay, there, there are six good tight ends in fantasy football. <laughs> it's that like, we're going to rank with Cole Komet as a top ten tight end. Yeah. Cole Komet could score four points tomorrow. Or this week, like yeah. it's it's an awful position. I think if the if the Rams go to Walford, I think there's a decent amount of upside here for Tyler Higby, specifically in PPR. Remember when they had Walford a few weeks ago and Cup got hurt in the fourth quarter? You saw four targets after that from Tyler Higby. I'd like to see mm-hmm. them go back to a, a passing quarterback and not a rushing quarterback. Okay, let's go to the Patriots here. Uh, you guys are sitting Mac Jones coming off of his best game. In fact, the last two games, just something to keep an eye on. Mac Jones has averaged 9.1 and 9.8 yards per attempt. That is terrific. That was against the Jets and at the Vikings. He averaged 6.8 yards per attempt in his first six games. Um, so, so encouraging signs there for Mac Jones, but sitting him this week. Start Ramondre Stevenson. Is he in your top five? Yeah, he's incredible he's when Damian Harris doesn't play. 19.2 or more PPR fantasy points in four of six games without Damian Harris or with Harris playing you know, 24% or fewer of the snaps. Um, okay, Bill's run defense has also been a little suspect lately. Starter sit Jacoby Myers. I'd flex him in PPR. We have seen offenses lean on their slot receivers against Buffalo over... Uh, over the past four weeks, for sure. I don't know about the balance of the season, but over the last four weeks, they've allowed some pretty good numbers to slot receivers. And earlier this year, we talked about how Jacoby Myers was playing more out wide, and that's true. The majority of his routes have come in out of the slot. Okay. Uh, Gabe Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, Jacoby Myers. How do you read that? <clears throat> Myers first. What? Gabe next. McKenzie last. See, in a terms of a, like a projection or a floor, I do think Myers over Gabe Davis. I just I can't look at my lineup and think of the possibilities and put Jacoby Myers in and put Gabe Davis on the bench because I might be leaving twenty five fantasy points. Um, how about Paris Campbell or Jacoby Myers? FOMO. I guess, I guess FOMO. easily you're going to go with Myers um, over Paris yeah. Campbell. How about Mike yeah. Evans or Jacoby Myers? Evans. Evans. Even if Almost Lattimore the plays? the exact same thing I just said about um, Gabe Davis. If, what if Lattimore plays? What if like Lattimore practices in full on th- on Thursday? Because he never does well. Pretty much never does well against Lattimore. You're still going to go with Evans? I will. Okay. I will definitely go with Evans in non-PPR and half-PPR. If we're guaranteed Lattimore to play, then maybe I'd go with Myers in full PPR. Last one, Juju Smith-Schuster at the Bengals or Jacoby Myers against the Bills? Juju. Juju. Oh, boy. A lot, a lot, to, a lot to get to on Juju. Uh, when we break, noticed some very interesting things last week with Juju. Um, all right. Uh, he was a part-time player last week. He was, but he was also a slot receiver last week. Played 68% of his snaps from the slot, which uh, has, has not been a good thing for him this year. That's a season high, by the way. So, anyone else? Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar, anything like that? No. I really want to react to that. 
Oh, we can. Let me just finish this game. Okay. Uh, it's and we're pretty much done. Bills DST. They really have not been great lately. Um, the Patriots have been a good matchup lately, but do you try to get away from the Bills DST or you stick with them or what? I'm sticking with them. Uh, I'm hoping yeah, I'm, they, I'm not making a roster move. Right. Okay. If you could roster two DSTs, would you start the Seahawks against the Rams or the or the Bills? I would stick with the Bills. I if I'm if I have a dead roster spot and literally no one else that I'm interested in stashing is available and I can get the Seattle defense, I'll take the Seattle defense. All right. More on them in a moment. Dave, that is it for Thursday night football. No, 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 no. Nah. You want to get into Juju real quick? Who else would they have played in the slot last week? Tony was hurt. Hardman was oh, hurt. They could, they could play Sky more there. Moore played about 50% of his snaps from the slot, I think. Juju played 68%. Uh, but there's just a bit of a trend. In the four games where Juju has played forty more than 40% of his snaps from the slot, he's been terrible. I'll take last mm-hmm. week out because he only played 38% of the overall snaps. But... He just he doesn't get targeted that much when he's in the slot. Uh, he gets targeted a lot more when he's on the outside. Um, he also only has one game this season, I think, with more than eight targets. And that may have been the game where Mahomes threw 68 passes. I think it was. So I'm just I'm a little nervous about Juju. He's again, he's in that group of of 20-ish, of you know, number 20-ish wide receivers that can have bad games. He's not immune from that, but I don't know what happened with the snap count last week. I don't know what that was about. I don't love the fact that he played mostly in the slot. I, I hate that. Um, so, yeah, what, what, what would you like to say about that? I just did. That they didn't have anybody else that they felt comfortable enough with to play in the slot, and that's why he was there. It As opposed could be to that when? he's there again this week. But, well, when wouldn't he be, though? Because who When who, they've got somebody like Tony or Hardman back. Hardman, okay. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Because uh, Tony hasn't been there much, you know, but Hardman has. Or or when they gain confidence in Sky Moore and they've seen enough from him where they say, okay, he'll he'll play them. Look, Juju will play some snaps in the slot every week. Sure. That's just the way things are in the NFL. Every receiver does that. When Sky Moore gets the majority, that's when you'll see Juju out wide again. Let's read a quick round of emails here, and then we'll give you some fun scoring ideas to implement next season or to just laugh at. Uh, from Austin, why is Heath so much lower on the Seahawks DST than everyone else? Bucks or Seahawks this week? I'm pretty sure I have the Bucks higher, right? Well, according yeah, yeah according to Austin, I, you're I, very I, low I on the Seahawks. Yeah, I think I've got the Seahawks tenth. Okay. Um, I they're not very good, I don't think. And I don't know, like the Chiefs scored 13 points against the Rams last week, but I don't think the way that Perkins played quarterback is going to lend itself towards a lot of DST fantasy points because he ran so much. Um, But they're fine. Okay. From Jake in a city in northern Minnesota. Uh, Lake Minnetonka. Dear Sydney, Bernard, Mike, and Greg. Those are former Vikings receivers. Sidney Rice, oh. Bernard Berry, and Greg Lewis. I don't know the mic. They've had a lot of mics. <laughs> That's pretty good. I got offered a trade. DeAndre Hopkins for Olave and Njoku. No, no, no. I got offered two trade Hopkins for Olave and Njoku. Ugh. Hold Hopkins. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, from Michael, is it, worth, is it worth stashing Darren Waller at all? 
IR spot, yes. No IR spots, you do not have to. In general, what are your expectations for Waller when he comes back? Yeah, not high. I, there'd be a seventh tight end that I would start every week. Yeah, there's that, but it would be based on, you know, past performance, not based on what would happen. Is there going to be a guaranteed rush of eight targets going to his mitts every game? I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if he's coming back. Raiders don't have a ton to play for. From J.P. Faulkner, uh, any chance we see a healthy serving of Jordan Mason rest of season to preserve Christian McCaffrey? I'd say like a 35% chance. (laughs) I would say a 33% chance. Just like there's a 33% chance for Ty Davis-Price and a 33% chance for Tevin Coleman. I think we don't know which guy's going to be the next guy. Maybe. Hey, Heath, can you stop moving? I think Mason plays over TDP when they have enough running backs because he plays special teams. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's do some fun scoring ideas. Fun scoring ideas for next year, maybe. Just, yeah, just some fun. Dave had a crazy idea that I just smashed out immediately, but you can go ahead and give it. It inspired this segment, Dave. So what was your crazy idea? Imagine that during the football games on Sundays, when you're watching with your buddies or at work, at home, wherever you are, you can vote on who the MVP of the game is. And whoever is the fan-voted MVP of the game will earn extra fantasy points in your leagues if you have that setting set. Obviously, this isn't something that we would make mandatory across you know, CBS premium leagues or anything like that. But you get an extra few points if your player is the MVP of the game. And who's I'll voting? I'll give you an example. Who's voting? I'll give you an example. Who's voting? Who's voting? Yeah. Uh, any registered CBS sports user. Okay. But say the idea gets adopted it could be you could vote on espn site and yahoo site wherever okay but anybody who has a pulse and a wi-fi connection is a voter okay so the example was benny snell was the mvp in my opinion of the monday night game so i would go on to my app and who's the mvp of the game and there's choices and you plunk in who you think the mvp is and you got to thank you for voting and then when the game ends the votes are calculated MVP is named. Whoever started Benny Snell that week gets a few extra points. It would make Mahomes more interesting because he's going to be the MVP in so many games. Heath, I don't think you like the idea. You remember, it's an optional one. You can opt in. Yeah, I'm going to opt out. <laughs> I get it. I understand completely. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's all I'm going to say about that. No, look, it was it, we were just having fun, but it did inspire this right. segment here. So I really support the idea of picking spreads. And for every spread you get right, you get a certain amount of points. For every spread you get wrong, every pick you get wrong, you lose that same amount of points. Um, I, I dislike that also. Why? It doesn't have anything to do with my fantasy football team or the players sure. that I selected. It's an or option. What the choices I'm making. It's some completely other thing, entirely separate from the game that we are playing. I know You know what you could do? You could have a contest where everybody picks the games and the person who picks the most correct You could wins. combine everything could into it, one. You could call it a pick em you could contest. You could combine everything could host into it one. On CBS Sports. Yeah, how fun would this be, Heath? Okay, you, you pick spreads, right? And as many as you want, as many as you want. You want to pick five games. They're each worth three points. You have the potential to gain 15 points or lose 15 points. You're going into Monday night. You're down by two points. Nobody left to play. Well, all of a sudden, hey, this happened to be one of the games that you picked, which you have to do earlier in the week, by the way. This happened to be one of the games that you picked. 
So now you've got a lot at stake. It just adds more excitement. It adds more at stake to the game, to your fantasy matchup. It's a great idea. This is a good time to the say same I am problem also in first place in my You Won't Win CBS Sports Football Pick'em Contest. <laughs> okay, see? You should be doing this then. No, I don't. I, don't, I, I hate this. No, I, I mean, obviously the spirit of fantasy football is to get points based on what happens on the field, not based on who the general public thinks the MVP is, not based on who your picks are. It is. It's fun to think about these things, but it's really not. It's it's not in the spirit of the game. But there are ideas that we have that are in the spirit of the game. Okay. Well, I was going for the more offbeat stuff, but if you want to go for the ones that are in the spirit of the fantasy football game, go ahead. The first one that I would say is that first down should count. In fact, I like first downs more than a catch. Think about a screen pass that that a running back or a receiver gets that goes for negative yards. You get a point for that. That's kind of lame. But if you get a first down, well, that's something that actually helps the player's team. It's moving the chains. It keeps the drive alive, et cetera. I think that first down should replace PPR. I also think that... Can I ask a follow-up real quick? Yeah, go ahead. What do you do about quarterback rushing first downs? Do you count those? You get a point for that, too. Yeah. that's That's a huge deal. Wait, are you counting quarterback passing first downs? No. You'd give that to the receiver. You'd give that to the receiver. I think I'd give it to the receiver before I give it to the quarterback. What's the difference between that and a passing touchdown? Touchdown's different than a first but down. But not yardage. The yardage doesn't count the same for both of them. Doesn't count the same, but they both get credit for the yardage. Okay, so you want to give a little, little no. point to the quarterback and a big this point to the receiver? These are going to make quarterbacks like 1,000-point scores. I mean, it's... No, I think if you do that, then you def- definitely have to make sure that your league is well, four points for a passing touchdown. If you're fully replacing PPR with first downs, you're creating an even bigger gap between running backs and wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Because they're going to have a lot more first downs than wide receivers are. Mm-hmm. Are so, they? I, yeah. The good ones, they have the good, like, running, good backs running backs that catch have 250 well. carries yeah. and 50 catches. That's 300 opportunities. You can generally look at it as about 5% of your touches. Hold on. As a rule, go for first downs. So it's a big difference between 90 catches at most. Or Here's right. Catches. But but but, yard, but uh, wide receivers average a lot more yards per catch than running backs do per carry. But running backs average more total yards than wide receivers. That's true, too. So here's the solution. Replace PPR with points per receiving first down. It's per receiving first down. So no rushing first downs at all. So what you just said about quarterbacks getting credit for rushing first downs doesn't count. Now now that's out the window. you're, You're telling me that we need to keep it weighted to make wide receivers and tight ends more valuable. And pass catching running backs. We don't have to. Um, I mean, I think there can be leagues where you just take quarterbacks in the first round and running backs in the second round and wide receivers and then tight ends. Um, I like my favorite is half point per reception, half point per first down. Why? It's just a mix of both. It make it does balance it out a little bit for the wide receivers and pass catchers. Do I get the half point for first down for quarterbacks? Passing I would do half down? point for rushing. Yes, I think for passing, I'd probably do quarter point. I also like what Scott Fish has done in the past, what John Bosch has done in the past with um, completion percentage. Um, basically, I believe – I mean, I'm probably going to get it wrong now, but basically it's a it's a penalty for a pass attempt but a reward for a pass completion. So if you throw the pass attempt and it's incomplete, then you lose points. 
but if you throw yeah. the pass and it's caught, it's too then complicated. You gain a lesser amount. It's honestly too right. I think like it's, it's just getting too a little complicated. complicated. We got to keep things simple for people. No, no, yeah, no. we do. That's why, why? You, all you do. You are not the idiots, and none no, of these these are all not idiots. But it, it takes some of the fun. Like, like the Scott, look, I, I, Scott Fish might be watching right now. I do love the Scott Fish Bowl. I do play in it. I don't really get into the weeds of all the scoring because it's just like it's just a little bit too much. And you're doing very well. Maybe I know. You I'm try a, that more I have often. a basic understanding of it, but I think that you could paralyze yourself by trying to guess. Oh, the completion, like this and that. Jalen Hurts isn't going to be good in this category. Like, just draft the best players. I think what you want to do is just have a set a setup where you just are drafting the best players without having to game it for oh he's the best in this scoring right. format. I think I, I yeah I think factoring in more things like that though helps you get to the draft the best players. I mean I guess it's it, not, asking like, a casual if, fan if the, if the complicated thing is telling you more who is good and who is not then you don't have to get into the weeds on it and figure out what trick somebody's playing on you. You just have to draft the better players. I think if you ask the, the casual, are... yeah, I'm sorry. If you ask the casual fan to start taking into account completion percentage, it might backfire. It might make things a little bit less fun. They just want yards and touchdowns. But I'm well, good with the fishbowl because I trust uh, Scott to come up with a scoring system. <laughs> casual <laughs> fans like to gamble, Heath. Make a spread. Make a pick against the spread. That's what casual fans We've like. Got MVP voting. We've got betting against the spread. Yeah, this is but easy we, stuff. People just really want yards and touchdowns. This Why is are, easy we, stuff. We don't, we don't want to complicate it. Well, that's not complicated. That's just easy stuff that you could do. Easy. Oh yeah, minus six and a half. Sure, I'll take it. Like that's. It. I'm just trying to make things easy. I'm for trying people. to project who the fans are going to think won the MVP of the game. No, no, you don't like. You don't change much with the MVP thing, which right, I'm opting out of. The MVP isn't going to give you like 25 points. It would give you like three or five points. It wouldn't be that huge of a deal. Um, I, I've got a couple others. Okay, me too. Go ahead. Um, you should get points for return yards. All yards should count. You should get points for all touchdowns. Um, return mm -hmm. touchdowns, fumble recovery touchdowns, any type of touchdown that someone might score. A touchdown is a touchdown. Yards are yards. Um, you should get points for tackles, whether it be on special teams or saving a touchdown on a, an interception. <laughs> and you should get negative points for yards lost on sacks for quarterbacks. Take a 15-yard sack. That's a minus one and a half. Then you have to do the pass interference thing. You have to give points for drawing a pass interference. Why? That was one of mine. Yeah, because you're gaining. That is what? such a valuable play. If you gain forty yards on a penalty, you but should get something. How is that related to anything that. I just said? Well, I think losing the sack yardage and gaining for pass, like like if you're penalizing someone for losing, the quarterback's not getting the points for the pass interference yards. No, but somebody needs to get the points for that. If the quarterback, <laughs> well, the quarterback could. The quarterback, why not? Why not give the quarterback? Um, you don't give them. You know, you, you maybe a half it, right? Like if it's a if it's a fifty yard catch or a fifty yard penalty. You give the receiver two and a half points. You give the quarterback one point when ordinarily he'd get two if it had been a completion. Dave, thumbs up. Uh, <laughs> to which one? Heath gave like four things. No, the one, the, the pass interference thing. I, I'm no, talking, talking about minimal points for that. <laughs> That's like a point for no, that. Okay, Heath, then fine. Talk about Heath's things. Talk about the return <laughs> yards, which I would I would quit the league instantly with return yards. I Why? played I played there, in a return yard league. Enough. It's the wor it was the worst league I ever played in ever. I hated that league. Because then Why? You're, because then you are drafting Josh Cribbs in the first round. You are taking players that well, should not be 
that you know that fantasy relevant, they become fantasy must starts because they return you, kicks. You're only saying they should not be fantasy relevant because we've completely ignored that third of the game. That's not a third of the game. At the end of the day, it. it's There's how many plays? Position. A tenth of the game, maybe? Special teams plays? Like, it is not a third of the game. It, right. it, it is weighted way too much if you start giving points for return yards. It's just not a significant enough part of the game. It's the same in the yards. It's not. No. It's, the goal is to go from this point to this point. Certain yards don't count more, I except can, for the last one that goes into the end zone. You've got to reduce like, the going point from the scoring, Z, from your own goal well, line what, to the thirty is thirty yards. What's the scoring? Yeah, it can't be one for one. It can't be like it can't. It can't be one for every ten return yards. I think you can have a discussion about that, but I don't know why those yards are less valuable. It, it, because I think you're going to get to the point where you are there playing are not fantasy 2, football return minute. and you're starting players that we would never start in fantasy and they become more valuable That's than guys who are playing them. 100% of the snaps. When special nope, nobody's teams... Nobody's playing 100% of the snaps. That's a gross exaggeration. Oh, 98% of the snaps. You know, you could have a wide receiver who plays every snap like Marquez Valdez-Scantling or something. Well, he's a bad example. Uh, Gabe okay, da- you can yeah. have Gabe Davis you know who's on Good. the field all the time. There are and dozens of return men I would rather start and reward for uh, their production than Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I would ra- you'd, but you're going to end up starting them over Gabe Davis. And it's just silly. Why? It's no, just, I, I don't agree with that. Can you guys even name who's leading the league right now in kick return yards? Nope, that's my point, and I don't want to. <laughs> no, actually, I do. I, I should know that. I don't know that, but I don't want those guys to be mega fantasy relevant. He's got two W's in his last name. Warwaro Watterson. <laughs> <laughs> Very close. It's a team that Wardero Warwaraba used to play for. No, who? Kenny Nwangu. Oh. Leads the league, followed by Kelsey. How many Nixon. yards did he have? Uh, 620. 620 yards. Through 11 games with a touchdown. So that would be 68 fantasy points. I don't like he where, you're, be, I don't like where would, you're going with that, so I'm going to end the show. He would be producing <laughs> approximately five fantasy points per game. All right, we got to go. The game of fantasy football, because Adam has to draft him the first round now. That's Wait a really, minute, can I get in some You know, there are a lot more touchbacks than there used to be back in the Josh Cribbs <laughs> yeah, day. Yeah, they're going to take kicking out of the game eventually anyway. So, like, five years from now, this will be, like, an ancient discussion. Go ahead, last In my days. day, they used to return kickoffs. Can't believe we have to draft Ken A. Nwongru in the first round for his five <laughs> fantasy points now. It's so and you might even get some extra points because he could be the game's MVP. Uh, receiving <laughs> touchdowns should count for five in full PPR instead of six. You are giving too many points for a receiving touchdown. What? In full PPR, you get the point for the catch and the six for the touchdown. It's too much. Eh. Oh, no, yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem uh, with it. Mr. Running Back, nobody's touchdown <laughs> should count as much as the guy who takes the ball at the one-yard line and falls down into the end zone. Pete Prisco has been <laughs> begging me to turn that into like a three-point play instead of a six-point play. <laughs> Dave he wants to hates make it that. He's a he running back. That, that, he well, hates the, he that is a very, uh, uh, count for Pete six. is a very forward-thinking guy. He's not he stuck in the he past really is, at all. actually. Um, yeah. uh, kickers should be included with DSTs. That's something I've brought up to our product development team. I'm continually banging the drum for that. I think that would make DSTs more fun. Um, home field advantage in the fantasy playoffs. Like My it. son is actually in a league that does this. They award five points to the better seed in every playoff game. Ooh, five points. I give the tiebreaker to the better seed. I don't get. I, I agree with that. That's one that we've established in our leagues. <laughs> Wait, Heath, great question here from the chat. Do you get a point for catching the ball on a kickoff in PPR? 
<laughs> That's not a reception. No. Well, he's catching the ball. But, but if you did, you lose Sky points Moore if you muff would it. still not have very many points because he never catches the kicks. He just drops them on the ground. Oh, sure. Um, I like one point per seed difference. Hmm. So if the one plays the six, then you can have your five points. If it's a two, three matchup, then it's just one point. All right. I'm ready to go here. Um, Good show. Heath is uh, ruining fantasy football with those five points per game for Kenny (laughs) Nwangu. And uh, thanks. Thanks for watching and listening, everybody. We'll talk to you you tomorrow. Third in kickoff return yards? Who? Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. All right. Uh, All right. We got to go. We got to (laughs) go. We'll talk to you tomorrow on fantasy football today. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.